This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Have you seen that they've brought the breakfast wrap back? Oh, have they? Yeah, they have. I can't wait to get my hands on one. I don't doubt it, mate. I'm looking forward to trying their cheesy bacon flatbread. Oh, you saw. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This week we discuss Saturday's 0-0 defeat away to the massive Carlisle United and we look ahead to Sky FC's visit to Broadhall Way. Welcome to Barapod. Bursting from midfield is Cresinho! Well if that is the goal to win the promotion, it's certainly worthy of it! On Old Trafford Tracker in front of the Stratford end. Hello, Patrick. How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> oh, man. Sourcing the introductions now. I love it, mate. <laughs> well, it's got to be done, isn't it? I mean, just, it's it's merited. It's just a bit of fun. If people take it too seriously, then they can get in the fucking bin. <laughs> oh, like all the Bradford fans in Boulder's mentions. Oh, my God. Oh, boys, it's clearly not a dig at you, you fucking knobheads. You just had, what, 16,000 of you. Like, it's clearly not a dig at you, for fuck's sake. Wake up, and, wake up and smell the coffee, boys. Jesus. It's hard anyway. being a tyke. Yeah, it's hard being a c- uh, Actually, no, it's not really, is it? I shouldn't, I shouldn't. I don't want to use that word too, too often on here. But as we are where we are. I mean, it seems to be increasingly common, both the word and the appearance of them. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, well, we're here to talk about Carlisle nil, Stevenage nil. Um, obviously, Carlisle won the three points because they had more fans at home, right? That's, that's how it works, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is how football works these days. It's, it's not a meritocracy, is it? It's a, it's a how big's your fan base-ocracy. I mean, if it was, we'd both be a point better off, right? So uh, we'd take that. Would we? Northampton would be upset, but I don't know. We'd finish sixteenth every year, I think, if it was all about <laughs> how big your how big your fan base is. I mean um, that's true. Let's uh let's go through the the old uh the old match facts, shall we? Love them. I suppose. Yeah. Nine shots nine shots apiece. Uh they had one on target, we had none on target. We had eight off target and one blocked. Not very good. Um, Possession-wise, they had 52%. We had 47%. Pass success rate, they had 53%. Ours was as low as 46 Because I assume every single ball played was from Pidge, Sweeney or Smith, and it went 80 yards. <laughs> um, aerials. You know what happened there. We're not even bother talking about it. That's it, really. That's that's the game. Uh, should we talk about uh, Salford now? 
I mean, it's an interesting... You, you say those flat statistics, but the game ran very unevenly. Like, first half, we had absolutely... It felt like we had absolutely nothing going forwards, and it was just a case of contain and hold. Yeah. And second half, it felt like we had more of the play, and it felt like a more even contest. So those possession stats, it wouldn't surprise me if they were very unbalanced after half. Uh, no, actually, the, the possession stats, actually, we had less of the ball in the second half than we did the first. Oh, interesting. So we just did more with it than we were just more adventurous with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it literally, it's it's a case of 1%. So it's really not it's really not anything to sniff about, right? Like, mm. is what it is. Um, so uh, I decided, I was away this weekend, so I didn't listen to the game. I sort of kept an eye on on things as as best I could, but I was quite glad to not be paying too much attention after I saw messages at halftime. Um, and as such, I've not gone back and watched the highlights. The first half was definitely the worst half in that, I don't remember a single Stevenish chance of any merit uh, that Stephen Neal described. I don't remember any like egregious time wasting that they described either, which uh, some would have you believe. Now, whether that's them, according to Twitter, uh, it was seven, seventeen minutes in that it started. Ooh, that's uh, nine minutes later than uh, Tramley managed. Then that's good. True and Tramley, yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, maybe that's them being. Uh, slightly Stevenage tinted, but I don't feel like they normally are. I feel like they normally call it fairly even, just with the slant of we care more what the Stevenage players are doing specifically yeah. than the opposition players, so they get more of the uh, mentions. But yeah, yeah, second half, they came into it a little bit more. No like really good guilt-edge chances, but Gilby had a couple of shots on the edge of the area. Uh, Sweeney had a snapshot sort of side volley thing after he uh, had a header that was blocked and fell back to him. Bozzy burst through from midfield and had a shot. His eyes lit up. He could have slid Gilby in. That would have probably been a better chance on the right-hand side. But either way, it was, um, you know, half chances through legs from distance, none of which, well, you said eight off target, one blocks. That pretty much sums it up. Um, But we went into it saying a point, would be brilliant because that keeps us above them. It guarantees us staying second. And we're travelling a long way to play a team in good form away from home. Um, If you can limit them to nine shots, one on target and get a point, you'd consider that job done and on to the next, I think. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, I don't really have anything to add, really to add about the match. Um, Obviously... We didn't sell them. We didn't sell many tickets ahead of time. Seventy nine tickets sold in advance. Although the tickets went off sale on Tuesday, which is really really bizarre. Um, yeah. So it's not surprising that we didn't sell any more in advance. And then obviously, then we moved on to um, I think it was one hundred and forty one, the total figure of Stevenage fans in the ground. That's all right. It's a 10-hour round trip and there are no trains running that weekend. The weather's shite, which absolutely does play a part for some people. I don't blame... I, don't, I just don't... Like, fine. Fine, you know. You see football fans these days criticising away followings. And I just think... Not everybody 
is 21 years old with disposable income and no family or responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Grow up. Of all the things to be critical about, an away following, travelling hundreds and hundreds of miles to a shithole, <clears throat> shit weather, give over. It's ridiculous. And I'd like to yep. point out that the people, the, the I say the people, the person criticising crew last Tuesday for their attendance at Stevenage is a fucking pillock. I don't know. I don't know who they are. I don't know if they listen. Grow up. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it doesn't impress the majority of fellow Stevenage supporters. I wouldn't have thought, and it certainly doesn't like. No, because sensible Stevenage fans are like, well, we don't take many either. So why? What's the point in criticizing other people? Like, surely, surely you'd criticize our own away following first before anybody else is in this division. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. If you're going to be critical, look inwards. We don't take fans to many away games. It's fine. It is what it is. Grow up. Yeah. And as you say, like, everyone has individual circumstances. So, you know, you back the club as best you can. But if you can't afford yeah. to go to games, either for time or monetary reasons, that shouldn't mean you get filtered out of uh, being a supportive fan base in whatever ways you can. Like, gatekeeping... Right as an individual for a club that you're not employed by is not helpful or, or big or clever. <laughs> right, exactly. It's fucking weird. Yeah. That's that's the best way to describe it. It's fucking weird. Get a life, you sad fucks. <laughs> uh, Should have known you'd be more brutal about it than me. Well, it's what it is. Um, I, don't think, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else to say about the, the Carlisle game. Like... Two things. It was, well, go on. Roberts missing with injury was yeah. a big loss, and we knew it would be. It's like creativity mm-hmm. and well, just I've seen putting a lot of defenders Twitter, in bad spots. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter sort of being really critical of him recently, and 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 I do get it to a certain point because there is a, there is a sort of validation. There is something valid about what they're saying because he hasn't been playing to the level that we we kind of come have come become accustomed to he's mm-hmm. not been creating chance after chance after chance and scoring goal after goal after goal you know he did have a he did have somewhat of a purple patch for a bit where he was incredibly creative and he was incredibly you know he was he was scoring a, a decent amount of chances um but i think he's one of those players that he does so much for your team in the front, in in your sort of forward third, off the ball and out of possession, that even when he's out of form with the ball at feet, he's he's well worth having in your team, and you are always going to be worse off without him. Yeah, and it's noticeable even after a surprisingly anonymous game, he's never out of the starting eleven for long, and. I don't think he'd want that because he provides something for the team that we don't really have a, a like-for-like replacement for him. Like The closest we've got is maybe Taylor. And Taylor got injured in this one on the half-hour mark, yeah. so he might be out yeah. on Saturday as well, which um, puts you pretty thin in that regard. It means you've got, you know, Horgan's maybe your next line of uh, squad member in that position. And that's, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, and honestly, we don't know when we're going to see him again based on the off-the-field matters, which obviously are horrendous, and we, our thoughts go out to Horgan and oh, his family. Um, but, yeah, I guess I guess the other thing to uh, just discuss quickly, um, and you'll have heard, if even if you haven't heard it up until now, you'll have heard it right at the start of this episode. Um, it's the... It's, it's the whinging, whining, bitch commentary from the Carlisle uh, commentator on 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 Saturday at the end, just having a having a moan. It's it's incredibly unprofessional. What a big man you are, Michael Boswick. Get off the field. I mean, that's a fact, right? Michael is big. Yeah, exact exactly. And I'd love to see him say it to Michael's face. <laughs> It'll it's just be a brief conversation, just, I imagine. Right, exactly. It's just a weird. Uh, like, obviously, he's frustrated and he's, he feels that Stephen has been time wasting, right? And we all we all get aggy ag- and and whatever. But you're also doing a, a a a job and speaking about the game that's being broadcast to about a dozen people, because <laughs> I assume that. Uh, Brunton Park was full of fans, and there was actually no one listening. Of course, that's that's how it works, isn't it? Everybody, every Carlisle fan attends every game, don't they? That sounds like it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I, and I also, I, I do, I do sort of, I do understand the irony and the and the almost hypocrisy of me criticizing someone for speaking in an unprofessional manner. Uh, well, you're not a professional, so it's kind of more uh, understandable. Well, yeah, I'm, yeah, this is very much hobbyist, but I, I, I do, I do absolutely understand that, and I'm still going to call him a twat for doing it. So there we go. Um, should we talk about? Uh, go on. Uh, I was going to say, at least with the nil-nil, that gave us plenty of time to watch other results at the top end of the league go pretty much in our favour. Um, lots of draws about the place. Yes. Northampton beat Crew, which is probably the closest to us in terms of causing problems, but everyone else was also dropping points, so it was pretty much status quo at the top of the league. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um well let's 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 have a look around the league. That's a nice segue. Thank you, Pat. Let's have a look around the league. Um so we'll go through Saturday and then the Tuesday games as well. Um so AFC Wimbledon visit Crawley and lost one nil. Um we had Bradford two, Hartlepool two, Carlisle nil, Stephen Nil. Um which is a massive three points for Carlisle. You've got Harrogate one, Barrow nil, Orient two, Colchester two, which is a helpful result for us because the gap's now um, six points, and you know there's eight games to eight game eight games ten games to play ten games ten games remaining. So we've seen bigger gaps swing in that in that time. I'm not saying it's going to happen. It's not over yet. Um, Northampton beat Creed 1-0 like you said and then Rochdale 4, Swindon Town 4 which Wild. is hilarious because Charlie Austin scored 4 and they still didn't beat almost bottom of the league Rochdale <laughs> Charlie Austin's one of those names where you're hearing you're like he's in league 2 how did that happen because he's not very good Patrick <laughs> um Salford beat Doncaster 3-1. Stockport beat Mansfield 1-0. Uh, sorry, drew 1-0 with Mansfield. Tramier 1, Newport County 3. And then Walsall 2, Gillingham 0. Um, 
And then also on Tuesday night, we Tuesday night we had Gillingham Neil Crew Neil Crawley Neil Doncaster one and Bradford Neil Carlisle Neil. So it's two huge Neil Neil victories for Carlisle and their massive support. Mm. Yeah, really good. That's why they're uh, cemented in third with okay. Northampton going up, right going up, on going up heels. as champions. Going up as champions, aren't they, Carlisle? Because they have such incredible support. Mm. Should we, so, yeah. should, we knock, should we knock that Jake on the head now? <laughs> it's probably run its course. So yeah, Tuesday night <laughs> was even better for us with uh, yeah. Bradford and Carlisle seeing out the stalemate. Doncaster failing to win, although Doncaster are pretty much... I mean, they're 12th now. They look like they were on a push for an they're, outside playoff they're place. Out but, of, they're out of contention for the playoffs. I don't see it happening. Eight points um, behind Salford at this point. Yeah, it's probably two. Yeah, their form and the form of others above them I would be amazed. Let's have a look at the top 10 in the league. Barrow in 10th, 37 played, 52 points. Um, Sutton, 9th, 37 played, 55 points. Mansfield are in 8th, 35 played, 56 points. Salford, 37 played, 59 points. They're in the final playoff spot. Then you've got Bradford in 6th, 36 points. Uh, sorry, 36 played, 60 points. Stockport County, fifth, 37 played, 60 points. You've got Carlisle in fourth, somehow. That's 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 beyond belief, that one. Um, 36 played, 65 points. You've got Northampton, 37 played, 66 points. Stevenage, 36 played, 67 points. Orient, top of the pile, 36 played, 73 points. So it's it's looking quite tight in that in that race for the playoffs. Obviously there's a gap now between the top four and the rest now, five points down between Carlisle and Stockport. But that that uh and obviously then 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 from Stockport down to Barrow in tenth, the fourth uh, fifth to tenth, there's a gap of eight points. But it's, it's only seven points between Barrow and Salford. Um, now, I don't, I don't think that Barrow are going to make it. They're still in with an outside shot. shot. Um, but that's Sutton, Mansfield, Salford, Bradford, Stockport, 60 points. There's only five points in it between those four places. That's huge. Yes, yeah, that could really go any way. Like, you're looking at seven points from ten games isn't an insurmountable gap to catch up, but it's seven points and you have to have three teams, four behind you to get up there if you barrow. And that's a lot to ask over that sort of period. Um, It's looking like two from three for the automatics between Boss Carlisle and Northampton, although realistically five, six and seven can still bridge that gap. But for similar reasons, like you're asking for two teams to stutter who are right up the top end of the division and allow you to catch up five or six points on them over 10 games. Like, I'll feel more comfortable when it's more than a point per game that we've got to uh, defend at the moment. It's like six points back to Bradford, one point to Northampton. So it's, yeah, um, still tight. But we've got that game in hand, which uh, might help us out. You'd rather have points on the board, though, as we always say. As we do always say, people people bang on about how good it is having points on uh, having games in hand, and I couldn't give a toss about them. Pretend like they don't exist, because to all intents and purposes, 
they are completely and utterly useless to us unless we go and win it. You uh-huh. just have no idea why that's the way, what way that's going to go. So you can't rely on them. Um, but yeah, so so we're looking at Salford. Um, obviously, I said that they won three one versus Donny on Saturday. Um, both both Stevenage and Salford are ten points from the last fifteen available. Stevenage drawn one one. Uh, it's going back the five, so it's actually one loss. Draw one uh, one drawn, and then um, Salford one drawn one lost one. Um, we usually struggle a bit against Salford. We haven't got the greatest of records against them, really. Other than that four two home victory on the final day of the season last season. Um, what have you got your eyes on for this one, Pat? You know, it's an interesting one. It doesn't look like they travel that well. Like, they've got one win this year, albeit a big win. It was a 5-2 thrashing of Mansfield. But apart from that, lost away at Crewe, drew with Barrow, uh, lost to Tranmere, lost to Crawley. I mean, lost to Crawley, Jesus. So you've got to hope that our decent home form and their mixed away form sees us over the line. I think we've talked about three at home, one away. That will definitely see us to automatics for the rest of the season, I would have thought. So that's what you've got to cut your fingers crossed for. And uh, I don't see any reason we can't do that looking at the form of the two sides. Yeah, I mean, we're much better at home and they are much better at home as well. So it's it's something that you look at and think, Forget we've got to forget about our history with them because you know nine times out of ten, certainly for us and probably Salford to a certain extent as well, the majority of the players that were there for previous games are no longer around. So previous games don't really matter yeah. too much. Um, I say too much; they don't matter at all, do they? Um, but we're looking at it's going to be a tough game. Um, I fancy us to win. Uh, it's pro. I, I think it will probably be a close game. So we're gonna. I'm gonna say it'll be a one, probably one goal in it. Um, maybe two with like a late second, a second goal late on to kind of seal off, seal off the win. Um, I don't know. I don't expect much from them. In terms of uh, attacking intent, um, to be completely honest, I think I think we've got a very good chance of taking the three points here. Hmm. That's a that's a good shout. Um, it doesn't look like they fail to score very often, judging by recent games. So a two one or a three one Stevenage would be nice. It's um, it'll depend a lot as well on like fitness of our attacking options as well. So like it looks like we're going to be without March. We might still be without Roberts. We might be without Taylor, who got hurt in the last game. Mm-hmm. That's starting to look a little bit thin in the yeah. uh, creative attacking departments. Now, the flip side to that is TVC was back on the bench. We've seen Luther starting getting game time again as well. So yeah. that's they're, they're big gains for us. Like Smith's been good, but um, you can't underestimate the calibre of a player like Luther and how he's been this season either. And uh, we saw... 
well, could you argue it's a mistake from Kane? Certainly he should have blocked and cleared, but failed to do so and deflected it into the path of the uh, left-back for Carlisle, who had a really good open chance to whip a really dangerous crossing. Now, I would look at that as a right-back and think, there's a left mid- left wing left wing back there having a cross with no midfielder tracking him. So that's not entirely my fault, but I could have cut that out and dealt with yeah. it at source. So he's not the only one who's got something to do better there, but he's definitely someone who's got something to do better there. And it, it wouldn't be a surprise to see Luther getting a start on Saturday if, if he's back fully fit. Yeah, uh, I, I'm leaning towards expecting um, Luther to, to start. I think... Uh, it's been a it's been a sort of slow burn a little bit with him, and I'm glad that we've not rushed him back too much. Uh, it's obviously it would be very easy to do what we did with Reeves and sort of drop him straight in. And oh well, we did, didn't we? We dropped him straight in. He played 60 minutes against AFC Wimbledon away from home and came off and spent another two weeks on the on the injury table. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do we do with TVC once he's back? Do we put him back in and go back to five at the back or? You know, we've looked for the first time this season, the last few games, like we found a way to make 4-4-2 work. I think that's probably sensible, particularly if you're missing Roberts and Taylor and you're thinner with options up front uh, or in that attacking midfield sort of unit. Um. And also at this point, it would become more more of a surprise if you're looking at our recent games, then you get a little bit of a surprise factor going back to that um, 5-3-2, whatever you want to call it, with the um, more attacking wingbacks. So, yeah, I'd be fine with that. And, you know, I think, I can't remember what manager said it, but, you know, you you get your best 11 players out there and you get them in a formation that best works for the best 11 that you've got. Um, Don't worry too much about trying to fit things to a formation that you have in mind that you want to play. Make sure you uh, best fit the players that you've got available as the way forwards, I think. Yeah, that, that's that's exactly it. I, I think that um, I've seen a question asked a couple of times, um, oh, does he go, go straight back in? Yes, because I think he's probably our best player. One of certainly top five. I mean, there was that tweet that went out to say that Pigeon Sweeney are two of the top three performing players, centre backs in the league at the moment. Um, but I think TVC makes those two better. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't get the the stats in terms of you know set piece attacking prowess that they do, which gets you that bit mm-hmm. more um, attention as a centre back. But we see it week in week out that he's the guy who calmly mops things up and sets the ball rolling in the right direction. And he's just got that fluidity about his movement that just makes him purr across the pitch. And any team in League Two would miss that. We certainly have. And if he's fit enough and ready to go, I'd want him back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that you, you play your best players since that you start straightforward, isn't it? Um I think that and you you make a good point with with the perhaps the lack of uh the lack of depth up front um making us look quite thin 
um, I think we revert to that formation that's played us so well all season, right? Um, we 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 slot TVC back in. We we shore up that back line. Doesn't um, yeah. We we know Max Max Clark's going to play. We we have a good idea that it, it could be either one of Kane Smith or Luther. Um, Luther, if he comes back, I would assume comes back in. But I'm happy with Kane Smith. I think hmm. he's deputised for Luther fantastically, um, and it takes a little bit of pressure off of the midfield. Now you can go back to having those two, that two man midfield with Reeves and Gilby, who are going to boss it because they've got they know they know they've got a back three behind them that are strong. Same with McCracken and goal. Even you know he shores it up and he makes things makes things easier on the rest of the team. And then you know we 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 have less forward players that we need to we need to pick from because we've got less space from on the pitch. I think we go back to the five at the back um, for sure. Yeah. And McCracken's look great. That's something we should have mentioned earlier. Two really solid outings so far. Decent distribution. Yeah. Good undercrossers. Really nice to uh, see that gel so quickly and that confidence with the uh, back line improve from what we saw in the previous uh, tape replacements. It's just a shame we had we had to waste three weeks with uh, Savin and goal, isn't it? Well, it is what it is. It is exactly what it is. Uh, should we have a look at some Twitter questions, Patrick? Yes, I ha- purposely haven't looked at these, so I'm reacting to them rather than planning answers. Superb. Well, I mean, I think you've seen one of them. Adam Foxcroft says, uh, could you please confirm that you're account- the account holder? That absolute dick. <laughs> Do you want to give our listeners some context? Um, the context is I'm going through the biannual irritation of broadband supplier switch over slash being ripped off and after going through like 30 minutes of robot questions on um redacted suppliers systems finally got to a human who repeated all of those questions and then between every question they asked me they fucked off for 20 minutes to deal with the 17 other calls they had going at the same time and uh, came back to me at one point and said, can you confirm that you're still, I'm still speaking to the account holders? Like, who would I have handed you off to in the 40 minutes I've been sitting here answering banal questions about what my name is? But it was done. It's done today. I have new supplier in place. So, uh, good. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm doing the exact same thing. And OpenReach have decided to fuck off elsewhere and not do my job, the bastard. So... <laughs> Pat has Pat has dual internet and I have sketchy ending contracts impending and no alternative supply. So I can't wait for that that to happen. Anyway, um so we only got one we only got one proper question this week, uh from Steve Weston. He wants to know um how many points do we need to secure the automatic promotion player player positions? Oh, that's a bastard of a question. Um <laughs> typically it's eighty. Around eighty. That seems plausible. So that's like four, four wins, three four draws, wins. three losses of the last ten. Yeah, it's doable. Very doable. It is doable, and you will probably need that as well because with four and then the gap to fifth, it's going to be a real fight for avoiding the dreaded fourth place and the falling into the yeah. playoffs. So, yeah, it feels like it's going to be a pretty high one. Um, but eighty seems reasonable. Yeah, I mean, I'd say eight, eighty, eighty-two is probably 
I would say 82 is our target. Um, just get us over the line. If we can do anything above 82, that's fantastic. If we don't make 82, there's a very good chance we don't make the playoffs. 82 is that's 15 points away. That's my that that would be what I've I'd have it on paper on the wall everywhere saying that is our target. This is what we want to achieve from this season. 82 points, and that would be. Is that would that be exactly double our total from last year as well? Oh, I've no idea. I try not to remember that league table. It's painful. It was interesting how quickly uh, Steve shut down Alfie in the interview and he was like, oh, you know, even if we slip into the playoffs, that'd be a victory this season. And he was immediately like, no, no, the target this season was automatics. It's always been automatics and automatics is what we want and what we're going for. So, uh, yeah, he was quick to avoid that sugarcoating. I don't, yeah, I don't want to hear any any scoffing at Luke Norris saying that the target is playoffs this year, like we did in our preseason episode where he said, "Oh yeah, we're looking at the playoffs," and all of us were like, "You fucking what?" <laughs> Turns uh, out we were. Know, it's not even quite. It's not off. quite. It's not quite. Ninety four would be double. Actually, we 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 had a proper run of it at the end of the season, didn't we? And we yeah, we fin- we finished nine points clear of relegation in the end. That's Late see, Norian that's, make 94, we it never felt it never once felt that safe, did it? But nine points is quite a big gap. Yeah. <laughs> God, there was um, so much stress over the months, though, wasn't there? Steve Steve also wants to know how many fans do we need at each game to secure said points? <laughs> Wind up merchant. <laughs> uh, so I think I think we need at least four thousand fans at each home game from now until the end of the season to make sure we hit them hit the mark right that seems about right i mean that would be great the atmosphere when it was absolutely rammed for those couple of games was incredible and uh yeah the more people come down the better you know if you've got the time mm-hmm. and if you've got the money get yourself down there and uh, it'd be good to have you along absolutely that's it that is exactly what we want to see and hear yes right um now i was going to I was going to move us on to extra time, but I do actually want to go through um, some work that uh, Chuds has put together. Good um, old Chuds. He's looked. He's looked at the League Two running for the top top ten. Um, he's he's gone and gone and uh, looked at the average position of um, teams we have to face for the remainder. Um, and he's basically given given each team. It's, he's ranked how difficult each each running running is. So but strength of schedule, strength of schedule. It's not something that uh, we really tend to deal with with a with round ball. It's more egg ball that that deals with strength strength of schedule. But we'll um, we'll just have a quick look at this. So we'll go. It's quite per- it's quite uh, quite a nice symmetry that he's done ten, seeing as we were talking about ten and going down to Barrow earlier. Barrow actually have uh, a very difficult run in, so that's another reason why they're they're probably probably out of the playoff playoff hunt. Average league position. Uh, sorry, no, that's actually the opposite way around. They've actually got a a, a favourable run in. Sorry, um, fourteen. Their av- average league position is fourteen. For them, um, Sutton just above them. Uh, their average league position is nine. So that's for, they and they they and Carlisle um, have got a lot of teams in the top top eight remaining. 
Um, you've got Mansfield, again, quite favourable. It's 14th, the average position. Um, Salford, 11. Stockport, 12. Stockport, 12. Bradford, 13. Northampton, 11. And Carlisle, like I said, uh, their average position is 9th. And then ours is 12th. And Orient is 11 as well. So, looking at that, It looks it, it looks like it's leading towards leaning in for us having quite a nice quite a nice running in comparison to the likes of Orient, Carlisle, Northampton. Um, the only teams that are really of immediate threat you would you would imagine are those and Bradford and Bradford are the only ones that maybe Stockport, but Bradford are the only the only team with a with a worse uh, sorry an easier strength of schedule than ours. So that that's looking quite nice. Um, if we look at our home strength of schedule as well, um, the average position is twelve. Um, so it doesn't really change. It doesn't really change a lot. And our average league position um, opponent for away games is thirteen. So I think it looks it's looking quite good for us based on those those metrics. Yeah, I mean, what you can't see from this is form, which makes a big difference as well. So, like, a team in 11th coming off the back of five wins is a more difficult proposition than a team in 12th who's lost five on the spin and are dropping down the table. Yeah, You don't have that nuance, but I think, in general, the signs are positive that we don't have it looking much harder than everything else. And I think the thing that's most positive from this is we have six of our 10 games against teams in the middle of the division, not right at the bottom, not towards the top. Mm-hmm. That means they're the ones who are most likely to be having nothing to play for and have their minds already on the beach a little bit. If you're not fighting for promotion spots and you're not fighting to avoid relegation spots, you do start to see some teams checking it in, a little, phoning it in a little bit towards the end of the season. And they're the ones you want to pick up the cheap points from if you're still involved yeah. in one or other of the struggles. Yeah, I mean, say we've got Barrow the last game of the season... We've got a lot of teams. We've got Grimsby coming up. We've got uh, Colchester still um, to visit as well. So those are those those are the teams where there's not a lot of not a lot left in the season for them. So we kind of you are hoping that they do check out a little bit. And you know, Jack has said it towards the end of last season where he was like he doesn't believe that many that many players in this sort of in this division would be doing that because contracts are a lot lower and they're often playing for their jobs next year but it still happens it still certainly appears to happen from time to time you, you do you do see teams in the mid middle of the middle of the division lose lose a handful of games late on because they their heads are gone there's nothing more to play for and they're just you know downing tools a little bit yeah and um, that playing for your job next year works both ways right because for some people you want good stuff on tape to uh, help your recruitment chances. But equally, if you throw yourself into a 50-50 in a meaningless game and get injured for six months, it doesn't matter if you've got good tape before that. So it's understandable to play a little bit within yourself and make sure that you're fully ready and available for the games that do count for something next season. So, yeah, I think you might see a bit of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that... um... I think we will see the 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 bulk of our points coming from those 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 home games where teams have less to play for. Um 
and we're quite like I think we we are we are sitting in a nice position where we've had a really horrible run through a lot of March and February where we've played a lot of teams in the top ten um, that have got a lot to fight for still, and uh, it, you know it's not gone amazingly well for the past two months. You know we are we are we have steadied the ship and we're certainly sailing for calmer waters, but it's not it's not a sure thing yet. We've still got to finish finish the job. And 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 move past that 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 bad patch. Um, but I think that we're we're looking looking a lot better. We we look a lot more comfortable in games where we're perhaps not playing as well as we have done. Um, so I think I think that we've got a good chance now to go and really pick up those points that we we would look back at and maybe think that we've dropped. I think we 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 can. We've got a favourable run in, and I'm like I'm liking the look of look of our final ten. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so extra time, Patrick. What have you got? Oh well, there was one in there from you. If you want to do that one, uh, I'm going to find the. Uh, I've got to go and find the tweet because I didn't actually save it. So uh, if you want to drop something, all right. I'll I'll um I'll do what I thought of when I read your thing. So Nate, for full disclosure, Nate has written into the text box Nate hyphen brutal goalkeeper, which is fairly open ended and could mean anything. So I'm going to talk about Mark Crossley, who uh, I saw playing for Sheffield Wednesday, and he was absolutely shit all game. Conceded three, was uh, limping about a lot and looking kind of knackered and. Uh, using that as an excuse for being fairly tame and poor against crosses and um, shot-stopping and basically everything. And then he went up for a corner and scored... I'm go- You'd saw your header, but it came off the point of his shoulder. He scored the equaliser in like the 93rd minute and celebrated like a mad idiot. And uh, you're like, oh, really, really badly hurt, are you? I see. It was a very strange day and a very strange performance. And I think 17-year-old Gareth Bale was playing left-back in that game as well. That is interesting. Mm. Um, okay, so I'll I'll find a clip and I'll tweet it after, after this because it's, it is wonderful. Um, a game in Hungary this, this past week, uh, uh, MTK Budapest, um, they basically decided they were going to going to treat uh as a lad a, la- a little lad who was having his seventh birthday um they decided to let him on the pitch and they decided they're going to let him score a goal um so they kick off and he runs forwards past all these players allowing uh, who are just letting him go and uh he gets into the box as a shot the goalkeeper saves it <laughs> it's like the opposite of the michael owen thing it is exactly the Michael, the opposite of the Michael uh, Michael Owen thing. Um, yeah, I just it was. I just thought, ah, oh, you you absolute heartless bastards. It's really it's really funny. It's not it's not massive. It's not a massive thing. I'll, I'll like I said, I'll find a clip and I'll tweet it. It's just really funny, and it just made me maybe made, made me chuckle. So that's what I was going to drop in there for, for extra time this week. Hmm. That's good. I like it. It's uh, one of the hardest parts of the Borough Bear job that you don't realise and that must be uh, there on the interview is yeah. like deliberately faking letting balls in without it being obvious that you're faking letting balls in. 
for the under nines and stuff. So it's always good watching that and watching the uh, elaborate stepovers in goal. And then the heartache on the kids who uh, missed the not open, but sort of open goal. Yeah. Right, that's... uh, I think we can wrap it up there, can't we? Uh, We've covered all the topics, I think. Anything else you'd like to bring up, Patrick? Nothing fails for me, apart from bring on the Salford. Yes, bring on, bring on Salford. I hope I, oh, that's like uh, like we were saying in the uh, chat the other day. Um, Drek has brought up Nicky Butt and the fact that he wants to meet him. I'd like to, I'd like to say hello to Nicky Butt. I, I loved him as a footballer growing up. Um, I thought he was a sorely underrated footballer, and he did a massive job in that Man United midfield for Fergie. I used to love watching him play football. He's such a dog, in a different way to the way Horgan. I call Hawken a dog. <laughs> oh, mate. Couldn't be nice to him for a whole episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies, I don't know if any females listen to this. If you listen to this, let us know. don't know. We'll just say hello. There's nothing weird about it. Sorry. I'm, Until I'm next making time, it guys, gals, and I'm, non-binary pals. There we go. And with that, we'll, we'll, we'll actually sign off. Up the fucking barrow. Woo! Doubles up again. And it's in! Graziani! Well, if that is the goal to win the promotion, it's certainly worthy of it. On Old Trafford Cracker, in front of the Stratford End. What do you reckon the player's favourite McDonald's is? Sweeney screams fillet of fish to me. I can see that. I reckon TVC loves a McFlurry because they're smooth as silk like his first touch. Do you reckon Macca loves a Maccas? I mean, obviously. Just look at his cheeky face. And Revs definitely takes down a McNuggets share box on his bill. You want to watch what you say about our team's nutritionist? Order McDelivery now from the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.